Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Mike Mistretta, CIO at Virginia Hospital Center. In this segment, Mistretta talks about what he believes are the keys to promoting teamwork and collaboration, the characteristic he finds to be most valuable for CIOs today, and how his organization is using social media as a recruiting tool. As you had touched on before, being this community hospital in your area, I imagine that there's a lot of emphasis on community uh, perspective, especially when you're surrounded by some of the larger systems. And is that something that's really part of the organization's philosophy? It is. We actually have a patient experience director that a lot of that stuff goes through. When there's there, we, we do uh, patient focus groups for various topics, whatever that it happens to be at the time. So we, we focus quite a bit on that. Every meeting that we have, Every week that we have in my CEO staff meeting, we're actually reviewing our HCAP scores by nursing unit to see where we might need to do something different on a particular area that's out there. So we we take that patient piece of it very seriously. So with this go-live happening, I'm sure that that a lot of the focus has had to be on that. And once things are somewhat stabilized, are there other uh, priorities that kind of need to move up the list for you? Oh, there's, <laughs> you know, it's it's an interesting thing. Uh, some of the communication stuff that we're working on now, we did a deal with Spoke so that we're being able to upgrade our, our communication systems and integrating back to the EPIC module now so that we can get some clinical workflows for SEMIs and things like that running through there. It also gives us an app to be able to do some secure communications internally with what we're doing. We are going to be looking at integrating our nurse scheduling and incorporating the acuity now that we can pull out of EPIC into that and upgrading that with uh, the Kronos module. So, yeah, there's a whole suite of projects on the docket now that we have this. And once we get through some of the, the stabilization efforts here that we'll start on. And you'd said that population health is not something that's a priority right now, but is that something that you're looking at for down the road? It is, yeah. A lot of the stuff that we're doing, we're not a part of an ACO or anything like that, but we do have some risk-sharing contracts with uh, our big carrier here with Care First. So we are going to be looking at some of that from a quality perspective. And we look at it more from, from that regard than we do a, you know, a, a true population health, as, as most people would define it. But part of the, the Healthy Planet module has a campaigns module, which we're looking at uh, implementing here probably in the next six months and being able to start doing some stuff for routine screenings and uh, things of that nature, which dovetail into, into those types of uh, initiatives. Okay. So in terms of the IT staff, approximately how many people do you have? We have, after post-implementation and stuff, there's a little over 100. Uh, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but there's a little over 100 that we have. And obviously, when you go through a big go-live, as you guys did, and there really needs to be a a good level of of teamwork, and I'm sure that that's something that can be challenging, but what do you think are are the keys to, to having teams that really do work well together? One of the things that we did is we made sure that we co-located as many as we could in the same vicinity prior to the implementation. We were kind of spread out across different facilities in different areas. So we really have only two sites right now, the technology guys, which are around the data center, 
and then our main site, which is a couple miles down the road, which we leased uh, for the project, but more on a long-term lease so that we could keep people there afterwards. So I think co-locating them where they have an environment that's conducive to, to sharing, if you will. One of the things that we did is we made in that facility a lot of small meeting rooms, what we call huddle rooms, for small groups to meet. We, we outfitted everyone with laptops, so we, so we upgraded their ability and put uh, large screen TVs in each one of the, the conference rooms and the huddle rooms that are out there. There are, I think, three, maybe four large training rooms that are fully electronically equipped. So I think the key is really setting clear objectives, giving them the tools and the resources like this and setting the environment that it's a place that they want to work and they're able to actually be successful. It goes a long ways, you know, I think, to doing this. What was one of the things that's been kind of remarkable, you know, is we've actually raised our employee engagement scores through this from, you know, employee satisfaction and obviously winning the award before with healthcare IT news. In the middle of a major implementation is pretty remarkable. Right. Yeah, it is. And when you look at the people who, who you think really have, have the potential as leaders or future leaders, what are the, the qualities that you really find to be valuable? The main thing, which is kind of an intangible, is do they listen to what the problems are that need to be solved, and do they exercise sound judgment? I really think using their experience, there's a level that you need to have from maturity and an industry knowledge perspective and being able to take those and make sound decisions that meet the needs of our users and patients, I think that's overlooked many times. Mm -hmm. Has it been a challenge to recruit or is that something where you're able to take advantage of being in an area? You know, from a leadership perspective, we actually have done more internal building from within than we've had to go outside to recruit. We did bring in a few managers' levels there, but most of the directors and stuff that I have have been homegrown that we've had here. We have a pretty good two-phase leadership development program in the organization, and it's been pretty successful for us as a group. And so you've been at Virginia Hospital Center now for about three years or four years? Just under three. Okay. And so I imagine that when you were interested in the role, there was some uh, awareness that there was going to be kind of a transformation. And is that something that, that you knew going in? It wasn't explicitly stated, but I had a pretty good idea. Knowing that they were running Sorian and their contract was, was coming up in the next five years for uh, renewal. Obviously, I knew it wasn't going to be a tenable position over the long term, so it was just a matter of when we decided to make that decision to make a transition. And it was maybe a little bit sooner than I would have anticipated, but uh, I, I knew there was a pretty good chance of it happening. Right. And it wasn't something that scared you away. <laughs> Actually, this is the type of work that I like to do, so it's <laughs> maybe I'm a little bit of a, a masochist, but it's actually the type of implementation work that I've done through my career that I'm pretty good at, I think, and because it's stuff that I enjoy to do. That's definitely important, and even if it wasn't explicitly stated that there was going to be a transformation, you could sense that anyway, and it's so important to have the right mindset going into something like that, I would imagine. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, and having an idea, at least, you know, in the back of your mind, what direction you might go and uh, getting a feel for who the players are organizationally, the key decision holders, if you will, so you can build the appropriate relationship when the time comes is definitely part of what you need to do to make it work. And obviously it's not your first CIO role, but every organization is different. And I'm sure that there were some experiences or lessons learned from past roles that you've been able to bring into this experience. Absolutely. You know, I think any CIO today in any organization is required to be collaborative in nature. And I think that's really where you need to focus to be successful in the long term. You know, if you can build the relationships that you need with your peer group, you can work through almost anything that comes up. And what about the experience you had on the vendor side? And I imagine that that's something that's useful to have kind of in your back pocket. It is to some degree, but I will tell you this is the first Epic account that I've had to work with, and I've had no prior experience with Epic. So it's a whole new set of vendors and a whole new set of relationships to be built to work on this. There was some overlap in some people who I've worked with in the past in different stops, but those were, I would say, the minority of what we had to do. But just the ability to work with the vendors and build the relationships with them as well and hold them accountable for delivery of things, you know, that, that doesn't change regardless of who the vendors are. So just that type of experience you know, under your belt certainly is helpful. Oh, sure. And is that something where you reached out to colleagues, or uh, how did you approach that, like going into Epic first time? Because it is, from everything I've heard, very different from working with a Oh, vendor. it's extremely different, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's a lot of peer interaction, a lot of just references. The thing about Epic is, is pinning them down, so a lot of the conversation is asking them who has done what you're trying to do and then having a conversation with them to build a relationship so down the road you can use that multiple times. There's a pretty good underground network with Epic customers out there, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that that was an education, though. It is. All right. Well, the last thing I wanted to ask was about the updates that you were posting on LinkedIn. From my perspective, it was so interesting to be able to kind of follow along as you were leading up to the go-live. And why did you choose to do that? I mean, it's something we don't see a lot as far as that level of transparency. You know, it's an interesting thing when we talk about recruitment and trying to attract people and building the team. I think that's one of the things that we are really learning in this market, and it's something that I've had to adjust to, to be honest with you, is the level of social media presence here is comparatively to where I've been off the charts. Mm-hmm. So you know, the ability for you to be able to post things and have people see the successes that you're having and some of the challenges that you're having too and how you and recognitions that we're providing, it becomes a, a, an incredible recruitment tool when you start working in a competitive environment like we have here for resources. Right. Yeah. That's one of the big drivers for it. But it's also something that was kind of fun, to be honest with you, when you put stuff out there. Oh, yeah. And from the point of view of the staff, I'm sure it was nice to see, you know, that recognition and to see their pictures up there. And, um, you know, I'm sure that, that that type of thing is also kind of good for morale. 
It is. It is. And uh, the feedback from the staff on some of those things, especially when you can be inclusive of them and, you know, recognizing their achievements as a part of this, it goes a ton of a long ways to building that employee engagement to get where we need to go. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, I think that does wrap things up. If I, if I have any other follow-up questions, I'll be in touch with you. But um, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, Kate. Anytime. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.